Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Friday, October 26, 2018, you are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly. Coming to you from the Mile High City right here in Denver, Colorado. You know, we get together every single weekday. We talk sports with a dose of common sense. And we are happy to have you here with us today. Happy Friday to you. We have made it through another week, and that is always a great thing. Got a little bit something weird for you today. Not sure if you realize this, but October 26th is National Mule Day. I don't even know exactly what National Mule Day means. Is that like... A Moscow mule? Or is that like the animal? I don't know. National Mule Day today. Does that mean anything to anyone? Why in the world is there a National Mule Day? I have no idea. You know what? When I was a little kid, I actually went to the movies. I saw a movie, and I was young. Like, I barely remember this. But I saw a movie called Gus about a mule that kicked field goals for a pro football team. And I was a big football fan, so my parents took me to see Gus the field goal kicking mule. And I couldn't have been even in kindergarten yet. Like it was before I'd even started school. I was very, very little. And I haven't seen the movie since then. I don't really remember much about it. I'm sure it's truly terrible. But you know, we actually have a few of those kind of sports movies. A mule playing football. That was actually a movie. They made a movie. A dog playing basketball in Air Bud. Like someone went to, I don't know, a director and said, so I've got this idea. We were thinking about making a basketball movie. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Like a Hoosiers or something. Well, sort of. We're going to have a dog playing the lead role. Like the dog is going to be the star player. Really? That's what we're going with? I think they even made a movie about a monkey that played baseball or something. I'm not sure what the fascination is with that concept of putting an animal in a sports playing venue and then have them play the sport instead. And again, when we look at these bizarre sports movies with animals put in there like Gus the field goal kicking mule Gus was on a pro team so I mean he took someone's job Air Bud I think he was maybe on a high school basketball team how are those players doing that got cut and got beat out for the job by these two animals playing I mean how is that former kicker feeling about losing his job to a donkey Oh man, you got cut? You were one of the best kickers in the league. What happened? Some jackass took my job. Oh man, that's the worst. A real jerk, huh? No, I mean a literal jackass. A donkey took my job. They signed a mule to kick field goals and they cut me. 
I seriously, I have to start bagging groceries now. A donkey took my professional football playing job. I mean, there's a sad side to these dumb movies that we never see, but that is the sort of thing that we like to explore here at The Daily Dose. If you'd like to contact us, maybe let us know what animal could replace you at your job. We would love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosesports at gmail.com, or go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at Daily Dose Sports. Maybe you've got a question. Maybe you've got a comment. Maybe you have a movie that should be made. I don't know. Maybe we get like an ostrich running a marathon. Just throwing out some ideas there, Hollywood. We know you make some silly things all the time. We would love to hear from you. Today on the show, we do have a few things to get to in the world of breaking news, but we will also have our weekend sports preview. Got a few interesting things to watch this weekend. And we will have our Daily Dose Top 5 this week, a very popular segment on the show. You know you always have to tune in on Friday to see which direction the Daily Dose Top 5 is going to go. Let's jump into the world of breaking news. And I want to talk a little bit of NFL to start with. Hey, we know... The NFL quarterbacks get way too much credit. They get way too much blame, right? When they win, it was all them. And when they lose, again, it was all them. Just kind of goes with the territory. But Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback Blake Bortles, who is really struggling this year, yet he is feeling the backlash of his poor performances this year. Bortles did an interview with NFL.com. And in it, he said this, I'm totally at peace with that. I totally understand that I'm the scapegoat for this team. When we play good, it was the defense that played well. The running back did good. The receivers made great plays. And when we play bad, Blake Bortles is the worst quarterback on the face of the planet. Hey, it's not just Blake Bortles that is to blame for Jacksonville starting off at three and four. Does he get a lot of the blame? Yes, Because he's thrown for 1,700 yards, he has nine touchdowns, but he also has eight interceptions, and he's completing just 60% of his passes. So he has been bad. Is it all him? No, it's not. But I don't know Blake Bortles very well. I mean, he's down in Jacksonville. I'm here in Denver. I haven't heard him speak a whole lot. He doesn't seem like a real outspoken guy. I can't quite tell if he is saying this and he really means it, or if he's saying it like, you know, the passive aggressive stuff that you did in middle school? Oh, well, I guess I'm just the worst, aren't I? I'm so ugly, and I'm so terrible. Just like fishing for a compliment, like Jalen Ramsey and Calais Campbell are going to come up to Blake and put their arm around him. No, no, Blake, you're really good. Like, you might not be like Tom Brady, but you're probably like one of the best quarterbacks ever. I know know we were kind of making fun of you and saying you can't throw the ball in the ocean and all that stuff, but we're just giving you a hard time. We're just having fun with you, Blake. Don't take it so personally. I can't quite read Blake Bortles on this whole situation. You know, on Thursday, Turner Sports set the suggested retail price of $19.99 for the Tiger Woods versus Phil Mickelson one-on-one pay-per-view telecast. Now, providers for the pay-per-view will include Turner's live platform, DirecTV, AT&T, U-verse, and others. The match is going to be played on the Friday of Thanksgiving weekend at Shadow Creek Golf Course in Las Vegas. It's going to begin at 3 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. The winner is going to take home a $9 million pot. They say that during the match, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson will be making side challenges against each other with winnings being donated to the golfers' charities of choice. Are you watching the Tiger Woods versus Phil Mickelson one-on-one game? I don't know if I have any interest in watching this, especially the Friday after Thanksgiving. I've got news for you. There's college football on. 
I have a pretty good idea of what I'm going to be watching that day. And to pay $19.99 to see a couple of players that maybe this would have been interesting, I don't know, 10 years ago, but now, I don't know if I want to watch them smash that ball all over the place and rip up divots. It's going to look like me going and playing golf with my buddies. And the side challenges, I mean, I kind of like where that's going, but I feel like it won't go far enough. Like they know the cameras are on them. If you could get like some private stuff where, hey, hey, I got an idea. Hey, Phil, I'll bet you $5,000 you won't play the 14th hole without your shirt on. Oh yeah, that's pretty good. Thanks, Tiger. Yeah, appreciate that. Hey, Tiger, see that blonde in the gallery? How about we give her your driver and then see if you can take three Vicodin and get away from her when she's chasing you with it. Now that, that I would watch. That would be pretty entertaining. I might even skip some college football to watch that. But I don't know if I'm watching this. This doesn't seem that interesting to me. Finally, mark it down on your calendar, kids, because here at The Daily Dose, we are going to talk a little bit of hockey. Yes, yes, we are. You know, so far in the albeit pretty young NHL season, the Detroit Red Wings have the worst record in the league. And no, 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 this isn't like a Colorado Avalanche fan poking fun at the Red Wings or anything. It seems that for more than a decade up in Detroit, Arby's has actually had a promotion in which fans could receive free curly fries if a Red Wings player scored a hat trick. So fans would like go into participating restaurants, they would show a box score from the previous night's game, and then they would get their free fries. At other participating Arby's, they could just go in and say, hey, I'm here for the free wings fries, and Arby's would give them free fries. The promotion was actually so popular that Red Wings announcers would reference it after hat tricks during the live broadcast. But this year with the Red Wings being so bad, like it's tough to give away free curly fries for hat tricks when your team can't even score a goal. So the promotion is not doing so well. So far this season, no Detroit Red Wings player has scored three goals in the game this season or even last season when they finished 27th in the NHL and ranked 28th in goals scored. And the team has had only three hat tricks in the previous two seasons combined as well. So the promotion is going nowhere. So Arby's decided they were just going to lower the bar a little bit for Detroit this season and allow people to still participate in a promotion. So now Arby says that they are going to start giving away the free curly fries again for any game in which the Detroit Red Wings score three goals overall, as opposed to an actual hat trick. Doesn't have to be an individual player. If the entire team can combine for three goals, then they'll give out the fries. And you know, I kind of like this. I like that Arby's is being pretty forgiving about this. In fact, I was kind of thinking maybe there are some other promotions Arby should get involved in. Like, how about some free curly fries if the Dallas Cowboys run the football more than 20 times a game? That seems fair. You know when they do that, they have more success. How about something like that? What if Arby's handed out some free curly fries if the Pittsburgh Steelers could go a week without some sort of drama? Okay, now we're kind of getting somewhere. Or what if they handed out some free curly fries if Eli Manning could go a week without an interception? What if they handed out some free curly fries maybe in Columbus, Ohio, if head coach Urban Meyer win a week without passing out on the sideline. Man, that's just mean. Not a bad idea. And it promotes good health, which I kind of like. Or maybe they could hand out some free fries out in Los Angeles. You know, if LeBron James 
goes to the basket with the game on the line instead of settling for a 30-foot fadeaway. Oh, no, you didn't. I'm just saying there are a few ideas out there to get some people to go to Arby's, kind of drum up the promotion business. And as usual here at The Dose, we are in the business of trying to help people. Hey, coming back, we need to get to our weekend sports preview. We do have a few interesting games to watch this weekend. College football is, okay, not great. Some good games in the NFL, though. And, of course, we do still have the World Series. few good things to watch this weekend. Okay, so let's shift over to our weekend sports preview. We do try to do this every single week. Just kind of let you know how to plan your weekend as far as which games are going to be on, when they're going to be on. That way you don't get stuck missing the big game because, oh, I didn't realize it. I went to see my in-laws and I missed the big game. You don't want to be that person. So we try to map out the weekend for you, kind of let you know what to expect. We do also pick the games. And you know, lately we've been doing pretty good on our picks. I think we went like eight and three the weekend before we went on vacation. See if we can keep that rolling this week. Remember all times given our mountain time zone. Starting off tonight, 6 p.m., we do have game three of the World Series as Boston now goes to L.A. to face the Dodgers. I know there is a quick jump to say this series is over, as good as Boston has looked. And I totally understand it. Boston looks really good. It seems like they have an answer for everything. I really, really wish that Dodgers manager Dave Roberts would get away from the analytics stuff and just go based on what he sees with his own eyes, play the best players, play the best pitcher, stop looking at your computer graphs and being a nerd, and just go with your gut instincts. I think that would help the Dodgers. I'm not ready to say this series is over quite yet. Hey, we've seen good teams be up. We've seen talented teams be down. It's not over until it's over. I'm actually going to take the Dodgers to steal one tonight. I think they get a win, and I think they make this 2-1. to But if you have nothing else to watch on a Friday night, take a look at Game 3 of the World Series. Might be entertaining. Moving on to Saturday, and I'll tell you this right now, there's not a lot of huge marquee matchups in college football this weekend, but there are a couple interesting games that you might want to watch. The first game might be the best game. Starting at 1.30 tomorrow, we have what used to be called the largest outdoor cocktail party but of course we know that's no longer politically correct. So now they just call it the Florida Georgia game, which of course is played in Jacksonville. This year, we've got number nine Florida facing number seven Georgia. Hey, these two schools hate each other and they kind of seem to be going in different directions. Seems like Dan Mullen is kind of getting the Gators on track. Meanwhile, Georgia has been struggling a little bit lately. They were handled by LSU two weeks ago. But I do think the Bulldogs are the more talented team here. I still don't trust that Florida passing game. For some reason, Georgia quarterback Jake Fromm, he just has been a little bit off. Maybe he can be a little bit more aggressive on Saturday. I am going to go with the Georgia Bulldogs in the cocktail party, even though we're not supposed to, you know, call it that anymore. Also at 1.30, we have another decent college football game. Don't look now, but the Iowa Hawkeyes are putting together one of those runs that we expect from them I don't know, every four or five years. And they're doing it with a defense. That defensive line for Iowa is pretty good. The Hawkeyes are allowing just 13 points a game. And aside from that one slip up they had with Wisconsin, Iowa's pretty good this year. They are now ranked number 18 and they will be going to number 17, Penn State. Hey, Penn State has the best offense in the Big Ten. The problem for them has been their defense. They allow a lot of points. So we're going to see strength versus strength with the Iowa defense and the Penn State offense. And then we're going to see weakness versus weakness with the Iowa offense and the Penn State defense. 
I always go with the defense, but I think I'm going to take Penn State playing at home in this game. Okay, I've got another game on Saturday, and it's going to be a little bit below your radar because it's in the American Athletic Conference. But at 1.30, we have number 21 South Florida going to Houston. Now, South Florida is 7-0. They are a top 25 team. They're going to Houston to face a player that is probably going to be at least a top five NFL draft pick in defensive tackle Ed Oliver. Hey, if you want to see Ed Oliver, here's your shot. Again, it's a little bit under the radar, but South Florida versus Houston. I'm actually going to take the Houston Cougars to pull off the upset at home. At 5 p.m. tomorrow night, we have a Pac-12 game that might be a little interesting. Yes, the Pac-12 is in serious trouble as far as getting to the college football playoff, but this should still be an entertaining game. We have Mike Leach's number 14 Washington State Cougars going to the farm to face number 24 Stanford. My concern for Stanford, I really like their defense. I really like head coach David Shaw. For whatever reason, that offense is absolutely anemic. I'm not sure they can score enough points to keep up with Washington State, so I'm going to go with Washington State on the road here. Now, I realize it's too early to really watch a lot of NBA just yet, but if you are absolutely dying for a hoops fix, at 5 p.m. on Saturday, we do have probably the best matchup in the NBA of the weekend. The New Orleans Pelicans are out of the gate really, really quick. Not sure if you've seen them yet, but Anthony Davis and Nikola Mirotic are playing extremely well together. Right now, the Pelicans look like they could be really, really dangerous in the West. They will be going to Utah to face the Jazz. The Jazz have started a little bit slow, but you know they're going to get better and you know that they're going to get their defense going. I'll take the Pelicans actually to win this on the road, but not a bad NBA game to watch on Saturday. Then Saturday night at 6 p.m., we have game four of the World Series with the Boston Red Sox at the Los Angeles Dodgers. I'm just hoping that the Dodgers can keep this series alive, but I think I'm going to go with Boston in game four to win this and put the Dodgers down three to one. Moving on to Sunday. Now, don't forget that once again this week, we will have NFL games going across the pond. Starting at 7.30 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, the Philadelphia Eagles will face the Jacksonville Jaguars in London, where Blake Bortles, who we talked about earlier, is actually 3-0 as a starter. Maybe he should just play all his games in London. Now, once again, the Eagles play in another panic bowl because whoever loses this game, Philly or Jacksonville, yeah, you're going to see the fans mashing the panic button. The loser is going to be freaking out. Although I think if the Eagles actually did lose this, they could probably still be okay in their division. I'm actually going to take Philadelphia in this game because I think they've played a way tougher schedule than Jacksonville has. But we do have some early morning NFL football this week. At 11 a.m., we have a game that might not be great, but it could be interesting because the Denver Broncos got a big win last week against Arizona. Not that Arizona is any sort of a gauge, but it did keep the Vultures off of Broncos head coach Vance Joseph for another week. Earlier this week, we didn't talk about it here on The Dose, but Broncos backup quarterback Chad Kelly was arrested for wandering into a stranger's house and, I don't know, like mumbling incoherently and sitting on the couch next to the homeowner. Tess said he wasn't drunk, but the Broncos cut the nephew of Jim Kelly, which makes me think, I don't know, maybe a drug problem or some sort of mental issue. Either that or he was getting ready to break out the boombox and play Peter Gabriel's In Your Eyes. I don't know what was going on there, but Chad Kelly is not a Bronco any longer. This week, the Denver Broncos head to Arrowhead 
to face the red-hot Kansas City Chiefs in a game that I'm just kind of throwing it out there. I think when Denver faced Kansas City in Denver, they played about as well as they could. I don't expect to see them play that well on Sunday. If this game gets out of hand, could we see the Broncos pull the trigger on their head coach? Could Vance Joseph get fired in the parking lot? I don't know. I guess we'll just have to see. I will take the Chiefs in that game. Also at 11 a.m., we have a battle between two teams that I can't quite tell who they are. The Baltimore Ravens are now 4-3 and three and look like maybe they could be a sneaky team in the AFC. They go to Carolina to face the Panthers, who are 4-2 and two and coming off that comeback win against Philadelphia last week. So we have Cam Newton versus Joe Flacco. Here's a question for you. Over under on how many passes will sail over wide receivers' heads I'm going to set it at 14 and a half. Just kind of keep an eye on that. I'm not sure it'll be that low. I'm going to go ahead and take the Ravens on the road to win that game. At 6 p.m. Sunday night, we have game five of the World Series, Boston versus Los Angeles. Now, of course, that's if that is needed. If Boston wins those first two games, this series is already over. I'm going to take the Dodgers to win this game, and then I think it'll shift back to Boston, and the Red Sox will finish it off there but we do have a World Series game on Sunday night. Finally, at 6.20 p.m., we finish off the weekend on Sunday night with a rematch of the Minneapolis Miracle from the NFC Divisional Playoff game last season as the New Orleans Saints head back to Minnesota to face the Vikings. Now, after starting the season off really slow, the Vikings are warming up a little bit. And the Saints, meanwhile, are looking like one of the top teams in the league. This might be the best game of the weekend. Saints versus Minnesota, we could see a shootout here. Both offenses are kind of getting rolling. I'm really looking forward to this game. I think I am going to go with the road team. I am going to take the Saints because, again, Drew Brees still gets to play indoors. So there is your weekend in sports, like I said, a number of interesting things for you to watch. Hey, coming back, we need to get to our Daily Dose Top 5. Now, the NFL trade deadline is on Tuesday, and we have already seen a couple of moves this week as the Oakland Raiders move to Mari Cooper. And the New York Giants are basically holding a fire sale. Could we see more trades take place in the next few days? Hey, just a quick reminder that if you have any shopping you need to do, and I hate to bring this up, I really do, but Christmas is coming quickly. I know you don't want to think about that, but it is coming quickly. You might want to head over to lootcrate.com forward slash daily dose where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles featuring your favorite TV shows, movies, and video games. November's Loot Crate theme is now out. It is called Laboratory. Some truths can only be found under a microscope. Countless experiments in the Loot Crate Laboratory have yielded a collection of cutting-edge gear that exists beyond mortality. Are you ready for the next step? Hey, November's Loot Crate theme features items from Bioshock, Westworld, and Better Call Saul, but if none of those franchises interest you, remember, you can go to Loot Crate. You can choose from a huge selection of crates. You can pick a monthly subscription of crates that you can order or skip every single month if you like what they're offering, or you can just go over to Loot Crate and pick individual items to order. And trust me, they have just about any franchise you can think of. The best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, just be sure you type Daily Dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order just as a little thank you for tuning into the Daily Dose each and every day. Now, as we do every Friday, we need to get to our Daily Dose Top five. five. 
Like I said, the NFL trade deadline is Tuesday afternoon, and we could still see a few moves being made as there are teams out there that are looking to buy, and there are teams out there that are looking to sell. We don't usually see a ton of in-season NFL trades, but we have actually seen a few in the past, and they've been some pretty big ones. Like They've been historic in-season NFL trades. Today on the Daily Dose Top 5, we count down the top five in-season NFL trades. I'm telling you right now, a couple of big names moving around, and they were trades that took place during the season. Could we see any more this year? Starting off at number five. five. You know, in October of 2011, Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Carson Palmer, he was just sick of losing all the time. So what did he do? He retired. But the Oakland Raiders were looking at Palmer and they were saying, hey, he's still got a little bit left in the tank. So they gave up a first round pick in 2012 and a second round pick in 2013. And the Raiders were actually sort of right. Palmer was still capable of being a starting quarterback in the NFL. He actually would eventually move to Arizona and he had a little bit of success. He took the Cardinals to the playoffs, but the Raiders were wrong in thinking he could help, you know, their mess of a franchise. Carson Palmer's record as a Raider was 8-19. and 19. Now, with those picks that they got, the Bengals ended up drafting cornerback Dre Kirkpatrick and halfback Giovanni Bernard. Not a bad in-season trade for the Cincinnati Bengals. They were able to pick up a couple of players that spent some time in a Bengals uniform. They come in at number five. Moving on to number four. Drafted by the Buffalo Bills in 2007 with the 12th overall pick, our number four entry was starting to, I don't know, slow down in his third and fourth years. After rushing for over 2,000 yards during his first two seasons, running back Marshawn Lynch ran for just 450 yards in 2009, and he had only 164 yards in his first four games of 2010. But the Seattle Seahawks had a brand new head coach by the name of Pete Carroll, and he wanted a big, powerful running back. So on October 5th, 2010, the Bills accepted a fourth-round pick in 2011 and a fifth-round pick in 2012, and Marshawn Lynch went to Seattle. He ran for over 5,000 yards over the next four seasons with the Seahawks. It's just too bad that, you know, Pete Carroll wouldn't give him the ball at the end of Super Bowl 49. He comes in at number four. Moving on to number three. Our number three entry actually exploded onto the scene in the NFL. He ran for nearly 7,000 yards in his first four seasons, but he was always griping about his contract. He was always kind of poisonous in the locker room. So the Los Angeles Rams kind of got sick of his act. They decided maybe they would look at trading him. And after moving from Baltimore to Indianapolis, the Indianapolis Colts were 12 and 36. They were really, really struggling. They needed something to energize their franchise. So the Colts put together a huge trade to acquire running back Eric Dickerson. Now, the trade actually had to bring in a third team, the Buffalo Bills, and the Bills ended up getting Colts linebacker Cornelius Bennett. The Rams sent Dickerson on Halloween of 1987 to Indianapolis. All of a sudden, the Colts looked like a respectable team. Dickerson ran for over 1,000 yards for Indianapolis. The Colts would finish 9-6 and and win the AFC East. Meanwhile, the Rams finished the season 6-9, and but... They used their draft choices and they got some players together and pretty soon the Rams are back in the playoffs. This was actually one of those rare trades that we saw all three teams benefit from. 
The Bills benefited with Cornelius Bennett. The Rams got some good picks, and the Colts got the face of their franchise for the next few years. Our number three entry was beneficial to all three teams. Moving on to number two, and you know, this trade took place before all the free agency stuff that we see now. Because we had a player that was sick of playing for the New England Patriots, so his agent convinced him to hold out and sue the NFL. As part of the settlement, the New England Patriots actually accepted a 1984 first-round draft choice and a 1985 third-round pick from the Los Angeles Raiders, and they sent them cornerback Mike Haynes. Now, this trade was absolute vintage Al Davis. Find a player that everyone thought was washed up and passed his prime, but Davis knew he could still play a little bit. Davis teamed Mike Haynes up with Lester Hayes to become what may have been the greatest cornerback tandem in NFL history. The trade helped the Raiders just reach that next level. They won the Super Bowl that season, and they went to the playoffs for two more seasons. Meanwhile, the Patriots, I don't know, they might have came out a little bit short on this. They used their first-round draft pick on wide receiver Irving Fryer. I mean, they went to the Super Bowl at the end of the 85 season. I guess there's that but it looks like the Raiders probably won that trade. So what in-season NFL trade comes in at number one? It was a big one. Because six weeks into the 1989 season, the Dallas Cowboys were 0-5, and they were going nowhere. The team had grown old. They could no longer compete. Head coach Jimmy Johnson knew he had to rebuild that roster. And in what might be the boldest trade in NFL history, Jimmy Johnson shipped his best player, running back Herschel Walker, two third-round picks, a fifth-round pick, and a tenth-round pick to Minnesota for five veteran players, three first-rounders, three second-rounders, a third-rounder, and a sixth-rounder. Now, the Vikings made the playoffs with Herschel Walker, but then they started to fall off, and eventually, Walker was no longer on the team. But Jimmy Johnson and the Dallas Cowboys developed a dynasty as the result of this trade. He was able to select franchise cornerstones, guys like Emmett Smith, guys like Darren Woodson, Russell Maryland, Kevin Smith. From 92 to 95, Dallas won three Super Bowls primarily as a result of their in-season trade. Now, are we going to see any blockbuster moves over the next few days? I mean, probably not. These things are usually a lot of smoke with very little fire. But there are teams out there on both sides that we know are probably looking to deal. And if someone is in the right place at the right time, maybe we could see another big in-season NFL trade that could be worthy of a future list just like this one. Hey, it is Friday. We have made it through another week. I hope you are enjoying the podcast each and every week. Thank you all so much for listening to The Daily Dose. Thank you for listening. Thank you for reaching out to us for your feedback. Thank you so much for sharing the show with the people in your life. Thank you for subscribing to the show wherever it is that you listen. It is all very appreciated. Have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.